Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, welcome everyone to Kingdom Talks. Um, good to see Anne. We got Anne on Zoom. Good to see you. <laughs> Blessings. Uh, this is going to be new for us, so we're going to have to try to figure out how, how it works. But uh, right. anyway, good to see you. And um, we're going to go ahead and, and jump right into some thoughts that uh, we have. Um, and I guess we'll go ahead and, and jump right into what we have for tonight, right? Yeah, and we just want to so apologize uh, for Sunday that uh, we didn't get a recording and we uh, didn't get sound on YouTube and Facebook. Facebook, yeah. So Facebook and YouTube, they didn't get anything. And then when it all was over, we thought, hey, we'll post the recording. Nothing (laughs) recorded (laughs) anywhere. (laughs) So... So that was a bit of a challenge. We're actually going to be going through uh, some of the things that we had there. Uh, we also didn't have slides, so I put them in here so we they weren't yeah, so wasted. So today you'll get some slides. Um, all right, so why don't you go ahead and start us off, hon? Well, this was just a fun story about a dog lost and found. Um, he jumped out of his car window on July 15. I always wondered about that, you know, if you could... Uh, what, what yeah. happened if the dog jumped out? Because <laughs> you see some dogs and they're hanging out the window. And so you wonder, did it jump or did it fall? But oh, and anyway, the dog was okay. That was good. Yep. And <laughs> uh, someone picked him up and they were from Florida. So they went on home because they didn't know what else to do with the dog. And um, so he was found 600 miles away. But I love this quote, the man who lost the dog. This is what he said. A great reminder that when all seems lost, hope must be the constant thought. And so I, I think that's really key in this season uh, when we, you know, there's a lot of discouraging stuff out there is that keep hope as yeah, our anchor. We definitely have to keep hope. Uh, just want to say, so if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, we're doing a little bit of a beta test tonight. And uh, we encourage you, if you would, to maybe go over and check out Zoom and uh, join us there. There we have Maxine. Maxine's joining us. Anne is there. Good to see you all. Blessings. Um, we had uh, um, Paulina was Paulina on, was on yeah, earlier. I'm on not sure. Too. Hopefully she'll get on as well. But uh, so if you do want to say something, seriously, if you want to say something while we're in motion, um, you know, just unmute yourself and and kind of get ready. And when and when we take a breath, <laughs> say what you want to say. You know, ask a question, make a comment. We want to make this interactive. So here's another one. Um, This one is with uh, the president and and a Marine that decided to take a walk. So here's a guy that he's frustrated with things. He wants to make a difference. He wants to make a change. And what does he do? He goes on a 300 mile walk to the Capitol to bring attention to the problem of veteran suicide. So, you know, this is one way of doing it. And yet, obviously there's things going on out there that are just very chaotic, destructive. And it's, you know, obviously not a great way to get attention. In fact, um, 
especially for kingdom people walking in the kingdom, then we want to do our best to do what the Father would have us do. And uh, this, I think, is a great example. Don't know if he went to the Father to ask him, but um, I think he had it in his heart to do the right thing. So, good stuff. All right. Trying to get to the next slide. (laughs) Go ahead. So... Then this, this last week, it was kind of interesting. The U.S. closed the China consulate in Houston after there was evidence of unfair trade practices, theft of U.S. jobs, and more that was kind of centered there. In fact, one of the U.S. officials called it the nest of Chinese spies. And so that needed to be closed down. That needed to be put a stop to, which we're grateful for. And then it was interesting. In retaliation, China closed the U.S. consulate in Chengdu. And so... You know, there's kind of this tit-for-tat thing going on, whether there was a need for it or not. Um, you know, they say that there's, it's probably likely that a lot of spying or some level of spying takes place it's going at on. a consulate. Um, yeah. But there has been a lot going on, you know, from China. And, and again, we're not against Chinese people. This isn't that at all. But the Communist Party has <clears throat> been doing a lot of things, and we want to expose what that communist system is trying to do and interfere uh, in America. Yeah, yeah. So again, just want to reiterate, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, encourage you to take a look at Zoom. I think we have some notes out there that are uh, telling you where to go. It's our regular Zoom number. It's 246-888-7777. So you can put that Zoom number in and uh, join us there. And I can say hi to Paulina now as well. So we see Paulina and Maxine (laughs) and Ann. Uh, it's our beta test. So you're a beta test group. You guys hopefully like beta testing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, the next thing we want to look at is the North Korea and, and the fact that it locked down a border city. So North Korea is claiming that they don't have any of the coronavirus uh, in their country, evidently. And so because one uh, was suspected, they they locked down the entire city. So, you know, we got to realize that even though we don't like the way things are going on here in America, uh, we definitely have it better than a lot of other places yes. in the world because there are some communist leaders, some, um, you know, just just a lot of tyranny going on, with, and they're taking advantage of this. Uh, there's a lot of people, we're getting word from people in India that, you know, they're getting locked down because they can't work, they don't have any money to buy food. And so it's worse with what's going on there than, you know, with the virus. And I think many of us are in agreement that the virus itself is probably, um, well, the, the um, uh, attempt to keep the virus down is, is probably taking its toll a whole lot more than the virus itself. That's just my opinion, so don't have to run with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we want to look at just some statistics around the world of what's happening with the virus. Um, this was interesting that German allowed a weekend cruise uh, to test the waters. And so they're just uh, trying this out to see if the cruise industry can begin to open. So they thought they would do it just for a weekend with 1,200 people on board. So we wish them well. Quite a test. Yes. Uh, Spain is finding more um, issues. And so they're closing nightclubs for the next 15 days due to increased infections. Uh, France is losing ground. It had gained over the virus, the new spike there. But the good news is that in England, <clears throat> swimming pools and gyms are open. Yay. I'm very glad about that. 
<laughs> you gonna go over there and go swimming? Well, no, but I'm just <laughs> glad that they have some more freedom. <laughs> uh, also, uh, we, you know, look, look at the fact that uh, India's infections, like I said, are continuing to rise. Yemen, 97 healthcare workers have died of the virus. You know, so there, there, definitely some stuff going on around the around the world. And in Australia, Victoria closes its border with uh, the New South Wales. Uh, you know, in order to, again, try to stop the spread of the virus. If, yeah, I, I, there's a road I'd like to go down, but I, I probably shouldn't. So <clears throat> it is challenging. It is challenging. Um, a lot of people are feeling like their freedoms are being taken away because they're being, you know, forced to wear masks and so forth. Um, and you have to admit that um, if uh, uh, wearing a mask is the worst thing we are, we're ever forced to do, that might not be so bad, but at the same time, it almost feels like it's uh, you know inching your way Precursor, into yeah. mm -hmm, in, inching their way into taking away other freedoms as well. So, go ahead. The exciting thing I think is uh, some nursing homes are open for visitors, and this has been a real real challenge for families in that um, their loved ones are maybe in a nursing home and they can't visit; they're very isolated. Um, and so some states are beginning to open up with restrictions. And I thought it was kind of funny. It was no hugs. You still had to be six feet away. Uh, most of these were outside. You had to meet outdoors. And by appointment only, you had to go through a pretty, you know, rigorous screening. Um, but I'm just, I'm glad anywhere we can find more connection going on is a good thing. And then also um, President Trump began weekly testing of staff in areas where there's a lot of infection rates. And again, just, you know, it's, it's a hard thing because you want to protect uh, the elderly, you want to protect everyone that we can, but at the same time, um, there's the other side of it is the isolation, loneliness, yeah. and other effects that are taking place. Okay, so we want to, like I said, this is a beta test, so we definitely want to hear from you guys on Zoom and would love for you to share a little bit you know we kind of want to keep it on topic to some degree um and, and daniel good to see you on here rslia um blessings to all of you uh actually i can do this i think yeah and then that way um so now if you're on zoom you will be going public and live with us so uh <laughs> if you don't want to go public and live with us you may want to put your uh you know um mute your camera but uh, anyway, anybody have any comments or anything they want to say along the lines that we've talked so far? And I do want to say, uh, you know, Daniel, you've, you've uh, been writing us and, tell, you know, having a different point of view. And I uh, definitely at some point would like to have a conversation, you know, if you're willing to do it and to share your viewpoint. I think that would that would be a good thing. So um, as we I'll continue see, here, if it feels like there's a good place you can, you know, share a comment and, and bring in your, your thought, that would be great. And did you have something you wanted to say? Yeah, I just want to say about the masks. I had a, a terrible attitude about them <laughs> for a long time. You know, um, just not wanting to wear them and just being angry. Um, and I actually just went to the Lord and said, Lord, forgive me. You know, I repent of any rebellion. I want to walk in love as you would walk in love and I want to wear masks for the other people. I don't need the mask because I have the blood of Jesus yeah. that cleanses me. So after I did that, I actually have peace about it. I don't mind wearing the mask now, you know? So I just, it was a matter of my heart. Um, you know, so 
Yeah. I, mean, I know that we have the rights and we don't have to wear it, but I'm doing it for all the people that are afraid, you know? So it, like I said, thank you, God. Now I, I don't, I'm not upset about it. I'm not angry. Yeah. I'm at peace. I'll just wear it for everybody else. That's so good. And because whatever position we take, the biggest issue is our heart. Yeah. Is that we are operating in love and, you know, moving forward. So it's good. It's really good. Anyone else? And what about YouTube and Facebook? Anybody on there? <laughs> All right. Well, an appointment, and they told her that she needed to send them a text or call them before she got to the door so that they could let her in because the doors are locked. And she found out afterwards that there is a button that you can push and they will let you in. But if you don't know how to text, it's hard to get into any type of a, an appointment. And she was a little frustrated with that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, that's one of the things we will continue to deal with things like that. And it's, it's, it's going to be challenging. And we've got even the fact that a lot of it just doesn't make any sense just no matter how you look at it, just a lot of it in a lot of different ways really doesn't make any sense, but it is more about our heart and how we respond to these things yes. than it is about the, you know, the circumstances that we're dealing with. So, so I've, I've been having a lot of fun out in our, our new uh, place, our new garden. And I had set up some really nice things. I'd pull up some weeds, um, but I hadn't realized how deep the roots were. And uh, I was going out this morning to the garden and I, I was so excited because I was gonna do some new things and plant some new plants and I was all excited about that. And then I began to discover some very deep roots that um, had invaded the whole garden. And it was all of a sudden like, okay, I have to focus on getting the roots out because I could cover over it and try to make it look nice but then I'm going to always deal with, you know, these little weeds popping up from these roots. And so I spent about an hour and a half this morning just pulling up these roots after roots after roots. And in it, the, the Lord was really speaking to me um, personally as well as where we are corporately. And I, I just want to address, you know, last week we, um, in our encounter time, we dealt a lot with Portland and that was amazing. Um, and we would have liked to have seen immediate beautiful results that everything, you know, resolved mm -hmm. and came into order. But I felt like what father was saying with the roots <laughs> is he was like, there's more roots that must be exposed, that must be dealt with so that it can be established in a beautiful and wonderful way. And so I hope, that you understand that and that there isn't, um, you know, like disappointment, like going, oh, maybe we didn't pray enough or we didn't pray the right way. That's kind of the old model. Um, well, I, I want to add to this, too, just because um, when we've done this in person, when there's been, you know, seven or eight of us in person and we're dealing with an issue that the Father's given us to deal with, we, we're going to the courts. 
most of the time what we found is that we're the ones that need to repent. We got to repent mm -hmm. and do our part to be rightly positioned and have our hearts perfectly positioned so that we can deal with the issues. So, you know, we were dealing with something last week, as Adina said, the challenges in Portland and the riots, the looting, the, you know, you know, it doesn't solve the problems, but our work in the heavens hasn't really seen any results at this point. So, you know, like as Dina was saying, you could get discouraged over the whole thing, or you can go back and simply ask. And in the ultimate impact, we tell people, you've got to learn to ask. Ask the question, so Father, why isn't anything changing in Portland? Yeah. And he's most likely going to tell you. But it may also be a matter of, you know, pointing the finger back at us that, you know, we need, there's stuff in us that we need to deal with and it needs to be dealt with. And he'll take care of that. He'll take care of Portland. He'll take care of the other places. You know, it's not that he's not going to do that, but it's also his opportunity to share with you, you know, the things in your heart, our heart, my heart that need to be changed. And that's, again, we got to remember, that's what the father's really after. He's after our hearts. And it's, it's interesting for me, too, because uh, Seattle started, you know, exploding again and, and other cities. <coughs> and um, Portland and Seattle are really dear to my heart. That's where my family roots come from, roots. <laughs> and, you know, so I, I have a special heart for those areas. And there might be parts of the country that, um, you know, you're experiencing, you're encountering. Actually, this week there was um, a pro-police rally in Denver. Um, and then, you know, there was another group that came in and just went directly to the stage and began assaulting the people on the stage. And it's like, this is not the way to deal with things, even yeah. if there are problems. It's not denying that there aren't problems, but this, you know, going back and forth is not kingdom. Yeah, it's, it, it is a challenging season for all of us because it's even uh, just as challenging for those of us who are kingdom that disagree that we can still walk together even though we may vehemently disagree um we've got to be able to still learn to walk together in love and love honor and respect again not just the person but even their point of view it does not mean you have to agree with it but to honor and respect their point of view as well so we have some things on facebook yes we do so uh pam ward says um everything will work out father wins yes it's been a long battle, but we are getting closer. And we agree, Pam. We are totally in agreement on that. Let's see. Um, Elizabeth says, I heard some prophecies about riots and civil wars coming this fall. Do you have any insights? One of the things that uh, we would definitely say about that is there are multiple paths that uh, our future can take. and. I think we do have an element of that that we need to go ask the Father what we can do because mm -hmm. we can speak into situations, we can shift things. Uh, even if you even if you are impressed that there is something coming that maybe is not going to be pleasant, I would still be going to the Father and asking, is there anything? Is there anything? Father, you may believe that the revelation came from the Father, but asking Him, is there anything that can be done about this? Again, ask the questions, because I guarantee you there's a million and one different ways that the Father has to do things differently. And um, we know, you know, just from the story of Jonah, that there may look like there's a lot of calamity coming, but Father's going to use circumstances to get someone where they need to be 
And then, you know, in the case of Jonah, where he did what he was supposed to be, and Jonah's heart was, I want to see them destroyed. And God saved them. You know, God, you know, didn't destroy them. So, you know, we have the ability to shift things. Had Jonah not shown up, we don't know what would have happened. He might have sent, God might have sent somebody else. Or, you know, he... He could have done any number of other things. He might have been able to speak and get through to, you know, one of the, the uh, Ninevites and, and, you know, get them to pay attention and, and step up and speak on God's behalf. We don't know. But again, there's a million and one infinite beyond that ways that the Father has of doing things. And we just need to ask. We need to ask. I wouldn't let a very strong detrimental, um, you know, future prophecy ruin your day. I would be asking Father, what is my part in this? What what can I do? Daniel, did you have something? Uh, if you do, un go ahead and unmute yourself. Uh, we, no, can't, we can't hear you. We Not can't hear you, Daniel. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can unmute you. Uh, in the meantime, I had to laugh at this. Mm -hmm. Our our dear friend uh, Daphne from. Uh, Canada says, however, Dina, you have to learn how to say it in Canadian. It's roots. Root, what? I, instead of roots, I was saying roots. Roots. <laughs> roots, okay. <laughs> All right, Daniel, go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes we can hear you now. Okay. Good, good. I have a question. How would you bring a distinction when it comes to respecting others' points of view? Where if their point of view is, is clearly ungodly, as an example, someone might say, well, I, I just believe that all, all Italians uh, uh, are not, not accepted by God, or I just uh, don't think that they uh, are going to go to heaven. Any kind of anti-prejudicial uh, type statement about, just as an example, I'm throwing out Italians, could not agree with that, but how do you uh, relate to when you say, uh, respecting another's position when it's something that is clearly ungodly like that. You know, it, it basically comes back to the fact that, you know, it's love, honor, and respect. And because I'm going to love them no matter what, I'm going to love even the fact that they think some crazy thought, some crazy idea that I am, you know, completely in, in disagreement with and maybe you know, if I'm not careful, passionately, you know, disagreeing with, um, but I still want to love them. And so I will respect their choice to believe that. I don't know if that makes any sense. You're, you're really saying you continue to love them as well as their choice that they can make ungodly thoughts, even though we would not agree with the thoughts, correct? Yeah. And you know that that those that plumb line, love, honor, respect, actually comes after the first plumb line, which is Yeshua. You know, basically that we believe in Yeshua. So, you know, if we're walking together in Yeshua, then I would hope. But obviously, there there's this is not going to be true in all cases. But I would hope that most people are a little bit more aligned with what we know the Father is is believing and and teaching. You know that He's. He's loving, so he's not, you know, in your your case that you're sharing here, that, that he's not going to say that, oh, Italians can't make it into the kingdom. But, um, yeah, you know, these are principles. These are guidelines. They're there to help us unite. Um, are they perfect, and are they going to work in every situation? 
we look at the fact that there's going to be tribes. There will be tribes. And so if those that really hate a certain group of people, um, I probably am not going to be part of that tribe. I'm still going to love them. And, you know, I'm going to do my best not to diss on them and, and say how bad they are and horrible they are. But I would also probably point out, well, this is what they believe. You know, I don't need to badmouth them and, and cut them down and belittle them and all that because of what they believe. But I would want to share that with somebody who was saying, hey, which tribe do you think I would fit well with? <laughs> it's okay to have disagreements. And, and then we honor that. Yeah. Gail and I disagree on certain issues, and we try to the best of our ability to honor and respect one another's opinion or perspective on that, knowing that um, we both might be wrong. Right. We might both be right. You know, there's different things like this that we can walk out. Yeah, and there's there's definitely been times where I... Okay, go ahead. It's just where when, when a principal is to... I respect what somebody else believes. I would think there has to be some distinction because in my example, we would not believe something that is clearly antithetical to scripture and to God as, as such. We would continue to love and honor the person, but not that particular belief that's clearly yeah. ungodly. Yeah. And, you know, it, you have to uh, understand or, you know, I have to admit that it is subjective. I mean, it, it is absolutely subjective. You know, there's no way to get around that. And the fact is, most of what I'm referring to when I'm because the church is divided by so many doctrinal things that I have come to a place where, hey, I've believed things that I don't believe now, but I can really honor and respect those people who still believe that because they, you know, I know what it meant to me back then. And so now it is um, uh, something that I don't believe in anymore, but I can respect and honor them and love them where they're at Cause you were and, not, and not have to try to change them. Yeah. You're talking about a totally different thing. I'm sorry. I get that, and, and I'm in full agreement with that. It's just I wanted, like I said, to get some distinction between accepting, honoring with someone believes if it's clearly antithetical against scripture uh, in, as in my example that i brought up but no i i get what you're saying and i have no problem with it i had put pizza in the oven before i knew you guys were on so i gotta go check it all right <laughs> all right thanks uh, daniel we got several other people um let's see pam says trust and obey honor and love um she says, we are not supposed to get gleeful when arrests begin. Yes. Yeah. So Marianne says, I've been asking myself the question, what is the motive of my heart for wearing or not wearing a mask? Am I doing it because of fear of man or apathy or because I want to protect others? Ultimately, I think. Yeah, that's good. And um, Marianne says, hiding from germs doesn't help our immune system and uh, don't want a vax, so I want to build up immunity as much as I can. I agree. Um, I'm all for the herd immunity. I um, call it community immunity. <laughs> uh, Pam says, I follow Father. Um, my city, we showed up and defeated proposed mask ordinance. And we did it calmly, had our research, and won that fight. That's good. And, you know, that some people are called to that. And, you know, we honor and respect how, whichever way people are called to um, 
to do that. And got a couple more here. Let's see. Um, so Esther says, uh, getting healing, going to the root of the issue in our own life. Uh, yeah. He says, yeah. as we heal, the nations and the creation heals too. It's good. Ask Father and do as he says and shows that's right. And Daphne says, yes, great response, Gil. Asking the Father what our part in this all is. And again, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, uh, opportunity to jump on and, and join our, our Zoomers here. Our Zoomers are with us and uh, you can join them and be able to communicate and interact live with us here. Uh, Darcy says, this morning I heard the sound of pride is breaking, Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. Um, let's see, yeah. And Daphne says, you guys are the honor king and queen. I do, and you do it so well. Thanks, Daphne. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Arcelia. Go ahead and yes, unmute I, yourself there. I, yes, I was. I was actually having an encounter um, last night. I couldn't sleep all night. The Lord was speaking to me about finding the beauty in everything. Yes. Like look for the beauty and not for the ugliness. Because when yeah. when we encounter um, something, you name it, whatever it is that we encounter, we. Um, our tendency is to look at the ugliness instead of the beauty, but in everything and in all things, like it says in, I think it's in Ephesians chapter one, that said that he is in all and in all, you know, like in all things and in all, in, in all circumstances, in all, in all places, uh, he is, and he's never out of any of it. I mean, it's, it's not, he is in it and then then i i couldn't sleep during the whole night and then like about 4 30 in the morning i fall asleep for maybe an hour and and then he kept telling me you are the salt no no he told me first the salt not not only Stop the degradation, but even more um, reverse the degradation. And I was like, really? The salt does that? And then he told me, you are the salt. And I asked him, how do I apply the salt? How, how I do that? And he told me, you are the song of yeah. my heart, the melody and the song of my heart. So we so good. carry the sound. Yes. Not only the voice, but the sound and, and every circumstance, every problem, everything that going going on, we have a sound for it, a song, a melody, that we can sing it out loud or say it out loud because we are the breath of God. That's Amen. good. I mean, Thank that's you. Good. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, Chrissy so much. asks, once wearing masks create more anxiety and fear? Question mark. Well, it certainly has for yeah. some. Yeah. 
definitely it it definitely creates a different dynamic when you're walking in a store <laughs> and you know it's like okay you know somebody's thinking you're too close to them and they scoot away you know <laughs> you know well, it, there's a lot of interesting dynamics in there and I don't I don't know I'm sure there's a lot of funny stories out there but it, it's also very hard to identify people as quickly and as easily when they've got a mask on, especially if they have a hat on and sunglasses. Uh, it's very hard to know who's who. But, yeah. Any more? Um, Pam says, stay focused on father, uh, resist distraction. That's so good. Yeah. So, um, um, Maxine, did you have something? About the roots that are we're trying with the protesters. We don't really have control over the roots if they aren't ours, if it's the protesters. Right. We have to be able to ask God to reveal to these people what is in their lives. It's, it's nothing that, you know, we can't just say, okay, God, I'm in the heaven and I'm going to do this and this and this. Right. And people are going to just do what I think that they should because they're not our problems. Yeah. No, that's really good. And and the thing is that we have to remember is that if we're trying to get these people to stop engaging with the root or the seed or the uh, spirit that is causing all this, and we're in the courts trying to get, you know, trying to figure out how to help them, which, by the way, the way to help is to send angels of the opposite spirit to engage with them and hopefully that they would, you know, because we can't make them do anything. But if there's a spirit of compassion and love that's around them, and if they open that door a little bit to see it, you know, then they can begin to see the truth. But, uh, you know, the thing is, many people are in the heavens trying in the courtroom to deal with this stuff when it's in them as well. So we have to come out of an agreement with it first before we can actually come and have any effect in the spirit in whatever area we're trying to engage with. Because if we're just bringing the same spirit in, it's not going to change anything. And that's really what we are going to share a little bit on in just a moment is responsibility and trust. Um, what are we responsible for that we need to take action on? And then what is the portion that we have to trust Yahweh with um, because we're not trying to control or make other people be like us? Right, right. Uh, Daniel, did you have something? No? Uh, no, not at the moment. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and... Oh, go ahead. Aaron, go ahead. Yes. Um, well, I've been engaging in a dialogue with my pastor, and um, before I could do that, the Lord had to tell me to forgive the fig tree, is how he worded it. And he said that if I was operating in a place of bitterness and woundedness and trying to change my pastor's mind, that that would be detrimental and not good. But if yes. I come to a dialogue with um, a, a loving mindset and my year father wants, he could use that a lot better. So I think that might yeah. be similar to the situation. That is so good, Aaron. We, we so agree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm running into more and more people these days that I think have come to that place of maturity where it's no longer about trying to win an argument. Um, that's pride and arrogance. And I think we've all been there, or at, least, or at least I can speak for myself. I definitely 
you know, when I was pastoring in a conservative denomination years ago, decades ago, that, uh, oh yeah, I was so full of pride <laughs> and arrogance. I thrived on the argument. I thrived on beating people over the head with the scriptures that I knew should change them and uh, had very little effect. And anyway, I just, uh, I, I'm done with that. If somebody wants to hear what I have to say, I'm happy to share it. But I can be in a group of other pastors, and if no one ever asks me a question, I probably probably am not going to bring anything up. Yeah. So. Well, let's let's look a little bit at responsibility, and so what is our responsibility? We are responsible for our thoughts, emotions, our actions, our influence, our atmosphere, and our hearing from God what to do. And sometimes this is challenging, you know, we think, oh, well, this thought came in and I, you know, and I just, I can't let it go. And, or, you know, you made me mad and all these types <laughs> of things. And, you know, nobody can control our thoughts or our emotions unless we let them, you know, and then they're controlling us. We're not taking responsibility for us. And for a lot of people, that really is hard to hear, and it's frustrating. Uh, and I and I know I, I used to be in that camp where I was very frustrated. I hated to hear people take about talk about taking responsibility for my emotions, especially, yeah, uh, and my thought patterns, and so on and so forth. And we still, you hear a lot of people that are stuck and caught in negativity. And when you try to share with them that they have a choice, they really do have a choice. They don't have to be caught up and you know continue you know, letting those thoughts, negative thoughts come in, we're supposed to take every thought captive. So when we take a thought that comes in captive, it's our opportunity to review it and make a choice. Do I want this? Great, I'll put it in my heart. Do I not? Throw it out. You know, we have the choice. And when we claim that we don't have the choice, well, we just became a victim and there's really no way to get around it. You're, you're not going to find any help as a victim. So um, let's go ahead and take a look at the next thing here. The other thing that we can do and happen to us is if we're not careful, we can go into over-responsibility, which is codependence, where it takes the responsibility for others' emotions, actions, and et cetera, and, and basically keeps that person in that place where they get to continue thinking negative. They get to continue acting negatively. And codependency is taking responsibility and, and, and for them and trying to make excuses for them. It helps no one, simply perpetuates cycles of dysfunction, and it robs the other person of the power to change. That's a, that's a powerful, powerful point, that it robs the other person of the power to change. And so basically, it's, as it says there, it's perpetuating the situation. It's not helping the situation. So again, we have to take responsibility for our choices in every situation because, uh, you know, it's hard. It's subjective. Again, you know, where is it responsibility versus codependency? You know, where is it uh, where, you know, where you have no compassion at all? You know, we, we've got to find that middle ground where we are taking responsibility first for our own stuff and then making sure that we're not enabling others to continue in their own junk. And that's a it's a challenging place to be. But the world's not going to change if we just enable everybody who's, you know, got a, you know, either a victim mentality or just, you know, poverty mentality. I mean, all these different ways, negative thinking and, and thinking that they're a victim. If we continue to just make excuses for them, nothing's going to change. What we need to do is somehow figure out how can I help this person make better choices. And then, you know, when I see somebody making better choices and trying to move, 
uh, I'm excited about helping them out. But again, you don't want to help out too much to where you're enabling them. So it, it's a subjective balance. We have to make some choices and we're not always going to get it right. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the, the governmental realm of what has been perpetuated has both been this codependency <clears throat> and the victim mentality or the under responsibility, which is the other side of it, where it's the victim mentality. It's someone else's fault. It's the circumstances I'm in. It's it's I'm powerless or, you know, I'm this gender or I'm this race. And so it's just the way it is. And I experience life this way. And it it's a, you know, a no win situation at that point until we learn to come to that balance of taking responsibility. And, um, you know, it's the I know that the the race issue is very controversial but part of it is is that if we are projecting this you know america's so racist and everything is so racist and everything you know with our words and with our atmosphere we're just making it worse and you know i was thinking about it today and i i hope this is okay to share is that um the race issue is is a little bit similar to some of the things that as women we've gone through with male dominance particularly in the church and things like that and what i found for me personally in some of the things is that i for a little while i took some of what gill was doing as male dominance and i was feeling victimized by it and i was trying to find my voice but when we actually began to talk it through, a lot of the things that I thought looked like male dominance was actually a communication and personality style. And so I, I think a lot of this stuff that happens that we quickly label as racism, there's probably a lot of different angles and perspectives. And we need to deal with that label at recognizing there are things that are going on. We're not saying that yeah. it's not, yeah. but it's going to deeper to say, what is the perspective? Was that person's intent to do that? And there may be some cases where that is, but a lot of times it's just not understanding. Differences in culture, communication, yeah. communication uh, personality. Um, it may have nothing to do with the other person and um, just be a, you know, idiosyncrasy. And so it's about that conversation. Um, I, can't, I can't take responsibility for the whole country, but I can take responsibility for the circle around me and for how I'm interacting. Yeah, and so Daniel, I think you definitely have some things you'd like to say here, is that correct? Sure. Yeah, I uh, personally have had a Oh, I'd have to think about it. 30 or 40 year history of my life, the past 30, 40 years or so, of being very involved with the black community mm -hmm. to the extent of marrying, having children, socializing, uh, being in a quote, black Pentecostal holiness church for some 30 years in my past, where all of my life, social, cultural, et cetera, et cetera, was immersed into the black community. Therefore, even though I'm Jewish by birth and upbringing, <laughs> and, and even though I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus and now in the mystical realms by the grace and love of God, 
I am very qualified, I think, as a Caucasian to speak to the, the black flight in our country. I've also been blessed by the Lord to teach as a college professor in uh, a number of college and universities and some of the top ones in various ways and areas. And I've taught all about codependency and victims mentality, mentalities, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, and I'm, I'm very good at being, I think, uh, objective and looking at other people's viewpoints. So having said all of that, uh, as related to the point that you just made, Adina, about a marriage, particularly yours and your relationship with Gil, and looking at yourself as a victim in his past, if we would look at the plight of the African-American community in our country for hundreds of years and many, many, many years uh, being looked at as less than human and they were in slavery uh, and then in Jim Crow and then in segregation. And uh, it goes on and on to uh, all the things like George Floyd's death recently and so many, many other Blacks who have been killed in the name of uh, the law, that have been abused, and that there exists every day in this country structural racism, blatant racism. Uh, every Black person in this country, when they go to a bank, when they go to McDonald's, when they go to Walmart, etc., to one degree or another, they deal with prejudice and racism. Certainly many times it's not on an overt expression, but in the spirit of the people and oftentimes in what is being said, uh, it's there. I've been with them. I have observed it. I know that. So uh, what I'm, I'm not hearing at times, privately with uh, Gildas in the past, where of course I'm 100% against any kind of violence and destruction of property. But I absolutely am for equal rights and justice. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. We are too. And I'm absolutely for protesting strongly against the same. And if need be, marching or whatever it takes within uh, a positive expression of protest sure. to do the same. The we great agree. majority of the protests and the people that were participating were not violent. And then there's a question of really where does the violence come from? Is it really coming more from blacks or not? That's just the question. So, I mean, I'm, I'm presenting the side that says there is a very legitimate, I feel, uh, need for African-Americans to protest and to express uh, their total <clears throat> discontent with the way they have been treated in this country. Not to where they should have a victim's mentality, I'm absolutely aware of general, generational welfare. I'm absolutely aware of people uh, maintaining a woe is me uh, mentality and therefore not taking responsibility. But I do not believe in the case of thousands and thousands and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of African Americans, that has been the case. And so what I see, what I observe in the name of Christianity and, and candidly, particularly in evangelical right-wing, as it's called, Christianity. Uh, I've seen a lot of racism, and a lot of it is overt, where they would not, of course, acknowledge I'm racist, no, I am not prejudiced. I I'm also aware 
uh, in the charismatic movement and in prophetic expressions. There have been a lot of prophecy that would fit that kind of uh, expression, once again, of evangelical uh, white wing type expression. But for me, the kingdom of God uh, deals with no respect of person, God's yeah. love, period, for all right. mankind, Absolutely. equality, justice. And so I think there can be abuses, and as I have shared, certainly there have been those adopted a victim's mentality. There are those that have taken advantage and generational welfare, etc. But I, I would like to hear more along the lines of what I'm as well. You know, you broke up. You'd like to hear more along the lines of what again? Of what? Can you hear me good now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Of what I am expressing as well, in other words, a positive outlook of the news in the aftermath of George Floyd and so many other uh, blacks, as far as I'm concerned, that have been murdered by the police, uh, that there is a need for the black community to strongly protest in every way that is positive, possible, and for the uh, white community, and thank God there have been many occasions that have had a very positive review, that have marched with African Americans, etc. But I mean, I would like to hear more of a positive expression that applauds that side as well. Yeah, and we hear you, Daniel, <laughs> and we have a great love uh, for the black community. Um, Gill's had quite a bit of an encounter with them. I, I went to an African-American school um, for high school, and I absolutely loved the experience um, you know, the you cross cultural. The I, I was the only white girl in my class, and so, um, you know, I totally get that, and I, I loved, um, you know, all the things that we did together, and the things that I learned culturally from them as well. And we are so for equality. Absolutely. I guess I guess where the the rub, if you want to call it that, comes in, you know, with and I really have nothing against what you said at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess where the rub comes comes in is it's kind of the same thing. <clears throat> excuse me. With this whole COVID, it's like it's really hard to know what to believe. Now you're coming from a community, and I I don't know you that well, but I have heard enough from you that I I trust you, and that you're you're steeped in that community, so to speak, and so. I would have to take what you say as far as your experience and and say, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm totally with you in, in what you're sharing there. Um, it's hard for me in, in other areas because of, uh, you know, some of the stuff that has come out. And again, it's about it's hard to know what to believe. There's there's stuff that's come out with George Floyd and other things that even would, you know, indicate that it really wasn't the the officer that did it, that he had high levels of, of a fentanyl, like, fentanyl um, a drug. A that, fatal dose, uh, according to the autopsy, which its symptoms is you can't breathe, you get hypoxia and you die. And so we don't know for sure. So um, again, so the, the, to me, hold on, hold on, hold on, because they can't hear you when, uh, go ahead now. <laughs> okay, that's what I would have an issue candidly, because there are all kinds of media reports that come out. Yeah. And I listen. I'm very objective. I listen to MSNBC. I listen to Fox. I listen to CNN. And I think for myself, I'm, 
and I try to be uh, open-minded to the Lord and led by the Spirit in such light. But the clear consensus that has come out, and even more importantly, if you look with the eyes as far as what went on, and it's not just George Floyd. This has been going on year after year after year, case after case after case, person after person. And there's always from the right, clearly, and let's just be out front, particularly uh, media outlets like Fox, that will emphasize the kinds of expressions in their uh, journalistic presentations that, that you just alluded to as far as the medication and the police officer. They will emphasize that side rather than, I mean, even if that is true, and I don't think the consensus of what has been reported would support that, but even if that is true, that would be a rabbit track to take away from the greater reality, once again, of clear structural racism, police abuse, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Needs to be yeah, and, and we would, you know, be with you in the whole respect of, number one, we absolutely, 100%, no doubt, believe in equality yes. and in our own hearts, uh, you know, Usually I'll prefer if there's if there's another person of color or race in in a group that I'm with, I tend to prefer to them. I, I just I just naturally tend to prefer to them. Uh, you know, I honor them. I, I love them. And, and you know, when I think of the, the plight of the of what many of them have gone through. Yeah, I honor and respect them even more so than, you know, a lot of white people that I'm that I know. <laughs> but um, it's just it's just a challenge right now. You know, even I, I don't know if you've because I have seen directly and you can actually go look at it yourself. I mean, people have, you know, done this. But, you know, with Black Lives Matter, of course, Black Lives Matter. I mean, all lives matter and I'm not diminishing black lives at all. But that organization is, you know, uh, a democratic organization. And when you go through the different sources where if you donate to Black Lives Matter, it shows specifically and you can go to their website and look at it. There's a lot of things in there that are Marxist, that are, you know, socialist, socialist uh, a lot of different things. Now, if someone's for that, then fantastic for them. But um, otherwise, it, it seems to be a little bit of a deception that people pour money into an organization thinking that they're helping black lives. When in reality, it's going to the Democratic Party. It's going to the, all these different areas that a lot of it. In fact, when you look at the numbers of how much has gone to the different organizations, not much goes to anything that really is helping black lives. And so that's our that's our, our that's what bothers us. And from my perspective, tends to support which comes from the white, where essentially they will find things that uh, would sabotage would take away from particularly in this case, and, and I don't mean this against you, if I didn't believe in you guys, I wouldn't participate yeah. if I didn't think that it was wrong. But that takes away from the greater good that can be, that can come out of, whether it's political protesting, whether it's the positive things that Black Lives Matter uh, do, et cetera. And, and that's, that's what I'm emphasizing. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to talk about my perspective, which would be uncertain, quite different from the majority uh, probably that are part of Kingdom Talk, I suppose, uh, concerning our president, 
and concerning uh, the conservative, uh, well, I wouldn't even call it conservative because I look at the Republican Party as moving under Trump far away from true conservatism. But the things that they have done, the financial ways the money has been abused, uh, if we're going to talk about racism yeah, yeah. and Trump, the Booker movement, and, and the way he talked about blacks, et cetera, et cetera, and, told, and you know, let's just be clear, he said the women, the congressional women should go back to Africa, et cetera, et cetera. And I knew about all these things before he was president. I was very familiar. So I, I'm sharing there can be different perspectives presented, and uh, I think we don't often hear that when it comes again yeah. to the Christian light, as well as uh, what you're doing in your news expression. Well, one thing I, I, I really, I, I, and I mean this, absolutely, 100% mean this, uh, and that is that, you know, you and I have some very big differences. But what I love is that I can have a conversation with you yeah. and we can we can talk about this. And so uh, I I definitely want to encourage you to continue to come on our news shows and to give the other perspective, because, uh, you know, in areas people need to hear how to have a conversation when you disagree. Um, and, and the thing is, at the heart, we don't disagree. I, I don't think so. I don't think we disagree at the heart of the matter of all things. Uh, now, some of the stuff that goes around it, um, yeah, we have some disagreements, you know. I would say we have some polar disagreements. And I don't want to spend this whole show right now talking about it, but I would encourage you to continue to come on so that in the future we can still have, you know, conversations on, you know, what, what we're bringing up. Because I think it's good. I really like it. Um, Chrissy says it would... It would be good to know each other after the spirit, not by culture. We are a new creation of another kingdom. Yes. Uh, Debbie says it's difficult to draw the line between our colored lenses of our flesh uh, connectivity with Daniel's roots and experience to pure spirit objectivity of what father is saying and doing. And we want to get to, you know, having a, a heavenly encounter. Definitely. Right, tonight. Um, the organization is Muslim and based from Sharia law. It's bad news. Um, uh, Debbie says, when the strong protests are fueled by the carnal reasoning, it can easily become emotion-led rather than spirit-led to pull ourselves above what we see and feel. And then um, another comment, we must always do what speaks life. Full restoration has not arrived. This is the paradigm shift. As long as each one moves forward, I have been on the upward life since I accepted Christ in 1980. And yes, so I, I agree with that. Is our main thing is we want to speak life. We want to speak life uh, yeah. into the situations around us. All right. So uh, I just wanted to give this quote here. C.S. Lewis says. What you see and what you hear depends a great deal on where you're standing. It also depends on what sort of person you are. Uh, you know, we all have heard about and we all talk about the person who sees the glass half full versus the glass half empty. Now, I, I think what Daniel brings is, is um, his glass is half full of something else. My glass is half full of something else. And we're <laughs> trying to discuss the differences. That's all we're trying to do. Uh, I would love to have 100% perfect clarity on the issues that Daniel and I were talking about, but I don't. I don't have clarity on it, and I don't feel like right now at this point 
that anybody does because there's so much misinformation out there. It's it's not real easy to to uh, you know say that oh this news article is perfect and right and has all the truth. You know we have to really be careful and discerning about anything. That's why I really I I, I kind of cringe. You know, as we started doing the news and all this, you know, diverse stuff starts coming out, all, all the controversy and everything. It's like, oh, man, uh, it's not easy to do news. And I, and I think and you can't do it without a bias. Yeah. I, you know, I would love to be able to do that, but it's it's impossible. And I think the biggest thing, again, is that I can't judge what was the motive of someone else. They're they're uh, accountable to God. Um and just like I said earlier is I misjudged Gil because to me, his actions were very clearly male dominance. But when I got to the heart and had a discussion, I found that it wasn't. And so I, I can't judge, you know, the whole police department or the whole, you know, whatever. But what I can do is take responsibility for my thoughts, my actions, my emotions, and I want those to be continually giving off life, that frequency of love, of forgiveness that goes out through my community. If I'm focusing on a lot of the negative, it's just uh, perpetuating the, that's a very, the stuff. Yeah, I mean, and that's an important point to realize that, you know, what we focus on is going to grow. So it doesn't mean that we ignore something, but it does mean that we, you know, need to okay, that's a problem. Now now that I understand the problem enough, I need to turn to the answer. I need to focus on the answer because if I keep focusing on the problem, you know, you can take a molehill and make it into a mountain in the spirit realm because you're so focused on that. It is better to, once you understand what the problem is, turn to the answer. If you don't understand what the problem is, but it's still a problem, still turn to the Father and begin asking questions. Don't focus on the problem. We have to get that through our, our spiritual psyche to focus <laughs> on the answer, not on the problem. Uh, let's and, finish these other ones really quickly yeah, because I want to step into the This is a, a key point heavens. is that the, the 12 spies in entering the promised land is they all saw the same thing, but they came away with two different perspectives. And so some went, you know, there's giants, there's no way we can do it, it's impossible. Caleb and Joshua said, hey, this is what we were created for, we can overcome, we can do it. And we want to have that place of, of, those, uh, of Caleb and Joshua in these situations to go, giant of racism is nothing, we can't overcome this. Yeah. In love, in forgiveness, in moving forward. Um, yeah. Here's a couple of verses that just kind of put things in perspective. The Bible doesn't say anywhere that we are to trust man, trust in man. Uh, Psalm 146, 3 says, Do not put your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. And Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. So we really have to understand that we've got to focus on what the Father's doing. Again, not the problem. Focus on what Father's doing and get our answers there because we, you've heard us say it over and over and over that, you know, we've had good Christian answers, but we go to the Father and find out he's got something totally different that's much better.
So being able to trust Father for the things that we don't have control or responsibility over circumstances, over other people's decisions, in relationships. And so understanding I can't control how, what other people are doing or saying. I can't control the protesters uh, or the rioters or anything else. Um, they are accountable to God. Um, I'm not responsible to control them or make them see things like I do. But what I can do um, is seek the Father, do what He asks me to do, always be uh, operating from that place of love and forgiveness, that frequency yeah. of love and forgiveness, love and forgiveness, love and forgiveness. All right, and then the last one here is, what are you operating from? So we do need to be checking ourselves, asking the Father, judge me, Father, to find out if we're operating out of any of these, and these are just very short lists, but victim, you know, a victim mentality or a, uh, a spirit of being a victim of fear, spirit of blames, being the savior, you know, the, that codependent, these codependent relationship, or are we operating in a state and a mind and a spirit of overcoming over peace, responsibility, you know, and again, that, that balance and trusting in the Lord. Um, you know, I've heard it said many times, especially recently, it's been interesting. It's come up many, many times that, uh, you know, until you've been thoroughly betrayed, <laughs> You, you, that's one of the hallmarks of a lot of great leaders that they have been thoroughly betrayed and painfully betrayed and yet have been able to walk through it and they've learned to trust and love again. And uh, I've, I've shared my experience many times. I'm not going to share it right now because I want to get into the heavens. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing to go through betrayal, uh, especially with your best friends and uh, and walk through the other side and then still determine that even though I was betrayed, I'm still gonna love, I'm still gonna trust, and I'm still gonna move forward. And I'm gonna take responsibility for my actions and I'm gonna trust God for their actions. And because, you know, Father knows what's going on and he may be letting you step into a situation where circumstances are gonna come up that you specifically need to grow through. So learning to flow and just go with what what is going on um you know doing your part so it doesn't mean you know like daniel's pointing out very clearly we don't stand by and just let garbage happen we need to step in and do things where father says to step in and do it uh but that's the key is asking father you know father says to go stand in the protest groups and 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 do you know whatever then you do that but i don't think father in fact i can almost be certain that father's not going to be saying you know to go destroy things but protesting, absolutely. Letting your heart and your mind be heard. All right, so that's all the, the slides that we have. And, and I do want to get into the heavens, but I also do want to hear um, anybody else if they so, have something. So I got two hands up here. So let's do this first. Okay. Zoomers, um, Arcelia, you had your hand up, and then we'll go to Nisa. Yeah, actually, um, we are one. Yes. Even though when we, we when we don't agree, we are one because our oneness is is on the cross. Yes. Yeshua tear down all wall of division. So no matter if I agree with you or not, we're still one. Yes. Absolutely. And separation actually is an illusion. Yeah. It's an illusion. It's not real. And 
the the difference um, between even male and and woman, um, black and white or whatever color, hurricane or whatever country nation. Those are illusion. We came from just yeah. one father, one source, and we are the same. And um, you, you you can imagine how boring it would be if. We were all the same, have all the same faces. I agree. So I just love the the variety that the multi-facet dimensions of daddy. Yes. He he is great. So, and, and we are one with him in this oneness. We, when you, you know, your identity, actually the Lord told me identity is my identity is id my entity <laughs> so i am one in yes. him we are yes. oneness and uh, when you know where you come from and where you're going to and what is your purpose on earth nothing else everything else uh, loses value because you have a purpose Yes. You have yeah, a scroll yeah. already written. I and agree. You, I agree. you just have to open your you open it and look at it and go walk in it. And one of the things that made Yeshua actually uh, an, um, an overcomer was that he never forgets where he came from. Right. Yes. Right. He always remember and and even when when he was beginning John with uh with um Pharisee and on you know when they were arguing with him and he said we are sons of Abraham and he told him you are the sons of the devil because you want to do what he to what he he's a liar and he say and and then he was talking about himself and said you are you are your witness your um, your testimony is not good because you are giving testimony of yourself and he said I know my testimony is good because I know where I came from he always yeah. knew yeah. he never forgot and another thing that Adina was speaking about the, the 12, you were speaking about the 12, um, the 12 spies is the same example in, in like in the cross, the two teeth, they were, they were both in the same circumstance, but one choose to be a martyr, to be miserable, to be like a victim, but the other choose to recognize Yeshua and to follow him, you know, to, to be yeah. with him. So, all right, so yeah, I, I, I just want to say, I, I know that what you're speaking has great authority because I can see the lightning behind you through the windows. There. <laughs> you all evidently have a little bit of a thunderstorm coming in there, but that's good. That's good. I will take one or one more comment. <laughs> it's okay. One more comment, and then we'll probably go ahead and have some heavenly time because these are really serious, challenging things, and it's about the conversation. And so I'm so um, glad our our dear friend John uh, wrote, and he is African American. Um, you can't truly heal the problem without truly facing the evil of s systematic racism deeply rooted in every sector of American society. In our very recent history, black men were lynched, literally hanging from trees. This has never been atoned for. The first step is acknowledgement, and the next step is active dismantling of the old system founded upon racism. 
And then he says, we really appreciate you both and what you're doing in addressing these issues. The church needs to do a better job of leading, not the government, not other organizations. We do. This happens through real action. Faith and works go hand in hand. And I'm, what I really want to know um, is you, you use the word atoned. And personally, I feel like Yeshua is the one who is atoned, atoned for all the evil in all of the world. Um, so we are happy to do what we can to acknowledge the evil. And, and I, you know, I've wept, I, you know, watching movies like Harriet Tubman and other things just breaks my heart. These things, uh, there is no doubt in my mind the level of evil that has been yeah. and that may currently be. The, the thing that I don't know is how, how are we supposed to atone for that? Or To me, the blood of Jesus. Um, but, you know, we've done a lot of forgiveness and racial, you know, ceremonies. What does it look like and, and when is it complete where we are equal, where it's not like this? Because we, yeah. we don't see it like this at all. We see it as equal. Um, and so it, for us, it feels like when you're constantly emphasizing all these things, it's actually keeping from this place of equality. And I, I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, and again, we're not denying that evil happens. I mean, there's evil that happens in every race and every culture. Um, and again, I'm not denying that there is racial stuff happening you know with whites against blacks but i just feel like as as we just keep bringing those issues up it instigates now no I, I know daniel and i think john would probably be well but if we don't bring those up then they never get dealt with uh so the, these are challenges and things to discuss uh and i know daniel you got something to say but i nisa had has been waiting and then i, I do want to come back to you daniel because i do want to hear what you have to say so nisa go ahead um, I'll just be I'll just be very brief. Um, I just wanted to say for Aaron, I know we talked yesterday um, live too, because um, I had dealt with the same a very similar situation with Pastor. And when I went about it in the wrong spirit, with the wrong heart, which I've learned a lot, the ultimate impact with uh, Tracy and Darlene, who've been excellent mentors. Um, I found in my talks with Yeshua, just in prayer that when I go into a situation, I only speak when the Holy Spirit leads me to speak. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I definitely want to share today um, with this whole group is just that um, identifying ourselves in Christ, for, for, well, for me, I'll speak for myself, is so important and no condemnation, no separation. I was, yeah. I was always in thought that like, God was persecuting me and I would if I walked into a church I would blow up in flames or something you know so <laughs> I just feel like there's someone out there maybe listening that needs to hear that you are loved no matter what you who you are or if you're a liberal or or conservative or you don't know Christ yet um, that's not that's not the problem because you're already in Christ and this yes. is the message we need to share is that yes. you're already in. For me, that brought me so, it's like, really? I don't have to do anything? And it just, 
the joy, just the love of Yeshua was all over me and I couldn't get it off. And, and I just, whenever I fall into that, that love affair, the first love, that's what brings me to the cross and yes. repentance and such. But it's really as simple as Paul said, where I resolve to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. So whenever I have any questions about something, I resolve to know nothing. And then if the Lord leads me to speak to someone, I will. But if there's anxiety about speaking to someone because they're really close-minded or whatever reason, then that's not, then I'm not going to even try <laughs> because right, right. my spirit isn't connected at that moment. So I just hope that helps somebody. That's <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Uh, Daniel? Go ahead, Daniel. Yeah. In relating to what Dean was sharing, I think that that word is used in the context of the example that I'm going to give. And that is, Gil and Dean, of course, I know you wouldn't do this, but if you would say, I don't want cheap Jews as part of Kingdom Talk ministry, and I never want to see you again on our program. Well, you need to atone for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you probably would need to make an open apology yes. and that you would never say that. That's what they're talking about in the black community when you hear words such as atonement, repairment. And yes, repairment might get into some dollars, which I'm not saying should or should not be paid. Uh, you know, this country has paid, for instance, the Japanese much, much money for our racism from World War II in this country. But I'm not saying that we should do that. My point, though, is that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about a spiritual type of atonement replacing uh, the atonement of Calvary. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And John um, commented back and said, yes, I agree. We all have to forgive. I think it's more of the acknowledgement of those who can make a difference in many ways. That's yeah. good. And, and yeah, we absolutely love John and his wife. And yes. th thank you for watching, John. Yes. Glad to, <laughs> glad to see you on here and encourage you to jump on Zoom sometime and uh, engage with us because uh, seriously, we do not want to be putting out any type of thought that we are, you know, towing this other line uh, in, in the sense of uh, just coming against this whole, um, you know, thing and saying there's no racism or, or anything like that. We're, we're, we're looking for solutions. And I know the solution is in the Father. And I like what Nisa was saying that, you know, she says she's not going to do anything unless she hears it from Christ. And that's where we want to come from. Um, and so we've got, I, I would say, obviously, we have as a human race, especially in America, uh, a lot of work to do to be going to the Father. Now, you know, and I'd mentioned this to you, Daniel, before that about that we need to, um, you know, it's an identity problem. I, and I, I probably would stick with that, that it is an identity problem. But then, Daniel, you pushed back and it was a good pushback that, uh, well, then, then uh, you know, it's not going to do most of the people who are, especially the ones enraged with emotion, to say, dude, you need to understand who you are. You know, that's probably not going to help in the moment. Absolutely, I agree. So, but I think when we are Jesus in the flesh, when we come and we love on them and we do what is needed to help them believe that we, at least, you know, many of us are not racist and we love them dearly, 
And that, that once they hear that and see that, then we can maybe start a process of, now let's go take a look at, you, at who you really are. Because we all need that. We all need to understand who we really are. Because as, as RSLE was saying, that you know, we need to understand who we are. And when we know that we are all one, we're all one. I mean, that is so true. There's no getting around it. We are one. I am one with the, you know, the person on the street that is homeless. I am one with the drug Adolf addict. Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're one. In Christ, in God, all creation is in God. There is no way to get away from that. Um, so anyway, that, that may be a really tough statement for a lot of people. <laughs> Go look at the ultimate impact. We, we do get into that and explain it a lot. And even if you do get into the ultimate impact, you can go to that part. And if you don't like it and don't get it and don't want it and don't believe it, that's fine. We're just sharing what has set us free. We're sharing the things that have really set us free. Uh, this is good. Chrissy shares, these are very real soul wounds, but knowledge of good and evil will not bring resolution. The tree of life should exactly. be our source. Come on. Yeah. Jesus' first yeah. sermon was he came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. So very much on Father God's heart. He heals us into wholeness. And then John um, John and Leah, Leah, I'm glad you're there too. Oh, so good, love good. you. Uh, says, yes, the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding those who have ears to hear and hearts to understand what we can do to be the difference. Yes, because we want to be that difference. We want to be yeah. that love. We want to be the forgiveness. We want to release that frequency to bring that change. May I share it? I'll be brief. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Thank you. I'm an inclusionist, as I think Gil and Adina, and know they are. And uh, perhaps some of you that are on Zoom are with us also. I absolutely believe to wit that God was reconciling the world unto himself. And so I believe that all the world has been reconciled. However, even most of evangelical, professing born-again Christians, charismatic kingdom, etc., they don't believe that. They don't take an inclusionist approach. And so the black community has heard from the Christian community, essentially, again, a line of thought that has been projected, as I've shared, uh, that is antagonistic, basically, towards, I'm not saying, I mean, you and Gil have made some positive, but what they have heard did not originally mean that as a play on words, but it's something that they are not about to hear and that turns them off and that they look at as prejudicial and racist based on the works. And I personally think they have a very good cause and reason. And Daniel, and, I am... And embraced. They're going to have to hear love and in such a way that is expressed in ways that they can hear it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah. No, and that's what I was trying to say earlier. And you broke up, so I, I hope I'm responding rightly because uh, I didn't catch everything you said, but that's what I was saying earlier, is that we need to be Jesus in the flesh just to come to meet them where, where they're, they're at and and be able to, to just minister. I, I believe, I, I'd like to believe anyway, that if we could get into conversation and we could just sit down and talk 
that I, if we had enough time here tonight, I mean, we've already got, we're, we're, we're almost over. at an hour and a half. We're way over what we normally <laughs> do here. But what I feel like is happening is that things are getting brought out into the light. And, and I believe as we talk more, that more stuff would be brought out into the light. And I believe very strongly that if we had all night to just go and go and go, that we would, you know, come to the end of the night and, and just be really loving one another and trusting one another at a level that we did not, you know, before. And, and that would go for anybody when we have a conversation, when we have good, productive conversation. You know, if we get if if you get into an argument and and it's then Yelling you know push back and forth of, of well I'm right and you're wrong, that unfortunately um, doesn't doesn't work well. And um, but but I think what we're doing right now has been awesome. I, I I love this, and I'm totally open to pushback when we're doing it in love and in conversation. So thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it very much. So let's. Um, let's just step in. We've been invited to come boldly before the throne of grace. And um, I think this is a situation where we need that grace uh, for all that is ahead. Yeah, we, yeah, we, all, we all do. We all do. Um, so if you're on Zoom, I would just say unmute and, and, and please say I have something to say because if I don't make the switch on my little switcher here to go to you, then nobody hears what you have to say. <laughs> or raise your hand. I'll keep so, it on. So, yeah, if you raise your hand like you did before, some of you, that would be fine as well. And so. on um, YouTube and Facebook as well, please share what Father's uh, revealing to you as we engage yeah. together. Because in the end, I want to know what Father's saying. Yeah. I want to hear his heart. So, all right. So, Father, we just thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I love what we have done here tonight, and I just feel like we're, we're, we're just barely scratching the surface of something that um, uh, really does need healing, especially in America, but all around the world. And I just ask right now that uh, you would bring fresh revelation to each one of us for what you want to do, and especially what you would like to do through us right here tonight, the ones who have met here together. So just go ahead and begin to share what you're getting. I'm just seeing the scene from Revelation where every tribe, every tongue is gathered around mm. the throne. Oh, wow. And it's so many different colors and cultures and mm -hmm. races. And it's just like this big party where, you know, mm. just able to go and throw our arms around somebody who looks different than us or is different than us. <laughs> And it's just beautiful. It's joyful. This is kind of funny, but I, I just felt like Father Father just looked at some of us and just said, I'm so glad you're not God. Because <laughs> <laughs> what would we do? Many, many people, many, you know, I guess not many. I'm not going to even use the word many, but there are people that would want everybody to be white or want everybody to be black or want everybody to be one color. And like Araceli was saying, that would be so boring. Yes. I love thy diversity. I love the cultural diversity. Not talking about the negative, evil stuff, dark stuff, but there are different cultures that have beautiful things in them. Every culture has something beautiful. And it's so God that he would create us all different to enjoy that. I just love in this embracing these other cultures and races. It's just like there's no barrier 
Um, there's no language barrier because we're speaking with the language of love from the heart. Mm -hmm. And it's just throwing our arms around them and just uh, so beautiful. Now I feel like I see Father now. He's actually pointing to each of our hearts, all of us. He's pointing to each of our hearts and he's pointing out the black spots, the dark spots, just to remind us that none of us are perfect. None of us have got there yet. There, yes, we do have our perfected self in Christ, absolutely. And that's what we want to uh, 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 focus on is to be our perfected self even in this earth. But right now, he's pointing out the fact that we all have dark spots. We all have areas of our life that we don't even know what we don't know yet. And the Father is yet to reveal those dark spots, those dark areas. But these are all opportunities just to level up and to grow closer into our perfected self. But again, the point being, none of us have all the truth right now. None of us. And that we need to be willing and able to listen to one another and hear one another's hearts. Um, P. Allen says, my heart is bursting with joy to participate in this with all of you. Yes, mm, we agree. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't mean to make light of this. I felt like Father was kind of laughing um, because even I know that some of our language feels um, racist, like <clears throat> Gil was just talking about dark spots. And we associate dark with bad, light with good. And, and, and so yeah. Father was like <laughs> going, maybe it's called white spots. <laughs> and, you know, just that that is not the intent of our heart at all. Um, but we all have places that are still in progress. Marianne says, I see as we go out to a bird's eye view and all these people create the face of God as a beautiful mosaic. Yes, Marianne. Yeah, agree. I love that. And P. Allen says, I'm hearing something like an echo, echo, echo that is telling me that this is being broadcast 